Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's going on, fellow Colts fans? Welcome to the Blue Stable Podcast. We are live, going live right now. We should be live on all platforms. Uh, we should be on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, the whole nine yards. We got it all for you guys. Welcome to the start, the pilot show for our new series, playing GM of the Indianapolis Colts. Tonight, our own Landon Oliver is going to be starting us off. And before we jump in, Marcus, you know, this is going to be Landon's night, but how you feeling? How 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 you think he's going to do? Uh, I'm feeling great. I'm excited to see what his mindset is for the Colts in the future if he was GM. So looking forward to seeing he's he's a solid guy, you know, with, with, with QB ability. So with the QB mindset, QB coach Landon. So let's see what he got. All right. Well, guys, uh, before – we get started, or but before we actually get started, Landon, do you have a few words before you put the GM hat on? Yeah, first of all, I'm just going to let y'all know, this isn't real, so don't come attacking me like Chris Ballard. Don't run me out of town. You know, th- you know, this is just for fun. And I will say this, I tried to make this as realistic as possible. So, you know, there's not a ton of movement you know, in the NFL on off seasons outside of free agency, there's, you know, some signings here and there, but this isn't like the NBA where we're going to be trading future picks for blockbuster MVP players and all kinds of, you know, the exciting stuff. I wanted to make this as realistic and as grounded as possible. So it can kind of be a roadmap as to what we can kind of expect going into this season. So uh, yeah, without further ado, I'm, I'm excited, ready to get into it. All right, guys. Well, you already know the deal. Uh, let's go ahead and get some likes up on this live. Make sure you comment down below. We got the comment section. Let's make sure we get that popping off. We're going to address some of those comments uh, and possibly some questions that you guys may have after Landon uh, is, is done. We'll go ahead and answer some questions that you guys may have. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Thank you for supporting the Blue Stable. Landon, let's play GM of the Indianapolis Colts, sir. You're up. All right. So first off, getting into this process, we need to know who are free agents? Who are we losing this year as far as, you know, candidates that could be resigned or we could let walk? So we've got a list here. It's actually a pretty decently long list of guys that are coming in for free agency. So, you know, this isn't in order of importance. This is just order of how I found the guys. Uh, this is Yanni Kingakwe, defensive end, Matt Pryor. Brandon Faison, Tyquan Lewis, Ashton Doolin, Ronnie McLeod, Ben Banigou, Dennis Kelly, Paris Campbell, Armani Watts, Matt Hawk, 
It's Hawk, not Hack, uh, in case anybody's wondering. Tony Brown, Chase McLaughlin, Bobby Okereke, Khalid Kareem, Christian Wilkerson, Byron Cowart, EJ Speed, and Dakota Shipley. So those are the upcoming free agents. Now it's time to determine, you know, who do we want to bring back? Who do we want to let walk? As far as we're going into this, you know, this point we're setting at around just a hair under 13 million in cap space. So I want to create some cap space. So we're going to go ahead and cut a few players, make a few moves, get ourselves a little more breathing room. Obviously, we're cutting Matt Ryan. Unfortunately, things did not work out this last season. Um, and by doing that, it clears up $17.2 million in cap space. So that gives us a little bit more breathing room. Also, uh, you know, much to Mike's delight here, uh, although I never like to see people lose their job. I'm hoping this guy catches on somewhere else. We're going to be releasing Mo Ali Cox. Uh yeah, yeah. See, I, I knew Mike was going to be excited about that. That saves us $2.9 million on the year. And then we make a trade. We're clearing some books. Or we're clear, you know clearing some cap space by making a deal. So what we got going on here? Is it a big trade? Maybe, maybe not. And, you know, it depends on the eye of the beholder. But I'm moving Kenny Moore. You know, he he's not a great fit for this defense that Gus Bradley likes to run. Uh, as much as I love Kenny and I appreciate his contributions, He's wanting a bigger deal than what he has. We've already seen kind of a holdout last year in camp. This is the last year on his deal, and he doesn't really fit with what we uh, have going here moving forward. So let's move him, get him into a better situation for him, get us into a better situation. I'm trading him to the Chicago Bears, reuniting him with Matt Eberflus, who, you know, obviously the defense he's familiar with, he shined in that role last year. They need some help along there. But – it's for a fourth round pick. So I know this is where we're going to start getting some, some comments. Like, how would you not trade Kenny for a first? He's worth a first. He's worth a second. Look, this is the, this is the NFL. This is, you know, it's part of the deal. So players that might be valuable here or might be valuable to us as fans around the league, they're not quite as valuable, especially as they're aging, especially as, He's in the last year of his deal. That plays a role in this as well. So either they're going to have to give him a pretty decent contract or he could possibly walk. So they're not going to be willing to give up enough. Luckily, I think Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles will like what he brings to that team, will like what he brings to that defense. So we are able to net a fourth rounder. Plus, this frees up an additional $8.1 million. You know, pretty good chunk of change. So at this point right here, we were sitting at $13 million. Now we're setting right around a hair over $40 million just from those moves. That's pretty good breathing room. But now we have to make some re-signings. We got to get some of the guys we want back, you know, um, as far as this first guy here, I was a little bit iffy. So I thought about letting him walk because I don't know what the contract is going to look like. But I think, with his impact, the way that he loves the community here, he's bounced around a few places. I think he's looking for a home, and I think he loves Gus Bradley enough that he would be willing to take a cut, a small cut at least enough, to make it a manageable deal to where he can continue to play for Gus Bradley, finally find a home here for a few years in Indianapolis, and that's Yannick Ngakwe. Um, 
The reason why I was so worried about this, though, is because to me, he kind of projects as more as more of a rotational guy, uh, just a rotational pass rusher. Uh, you know, you see the sack numbers and it can kind of be eye popping where you're like, you know, there's only, you know, a few guys in the league that have, you know, the sack numbers he has since coming out. But if that's all you do and you don't maintain, you know, because to me, pressures are much more important than sacks. Uh, sacks are a very misleading stat. And granted, he led the Colts in pressure rate last year. But, it, you know, this team didn't pressure the quarterback a lot. They got a lot of sacks, but they weren't really great at generating pressures. And he's not great at generating his own pressures. He's very much benefits from having a strong supporting cast around him. Uh, so, like I said, luckily, though, we're able to get him back, keep him in a rotational role, uh, kind of allow him to continue to grow. You know, he's only 27 years old, which I think is pretty awesome as well. You know, it seems like he's been in the league forever. He's only 27, so still a young guy. And, you know, he's, he finally has a home here in Indianapolis. We're signing him to a two-year deal, $21 million. Uh, is what we're going to go with. That's, you know, averages out about $10.5 million a year. Anything more than that, because I know market value, as far as I was looking on some contract stuff, it's setting around $13, $14 million a year. And for what he brings, that's not really something I'm willing to do uh, just because he is so one-dimensional as a player. But like I said, luckily, you know, we're able to talk to him like, hey, you've bounced around a few places. You want a home. You want to keep playing under Gus Bradley in a place you're comfortable with. We loved having him here as fans in the community. He's an awesome ambassador for the team and in the community. So, you know, we don't want to let him, you know, walk for for nothing. But, um, you know, it's all about the play on the field. So $10.5 million per season. Uh, we are going to go ahead and guarantee at least most of that, probably $18 million guaranteed. So he does have a big guarantee. But... You know, it's not this, you know, 13, 14, 15 million dollar a year you see for normal top pass rushers just because he is more of a one dimensional player. So now we get into some other guys I would like to bring back. One of those is Ashton Doolin. I'm a big Ashton Doolin fan. I think what he brings as far as his blocking, uh, his special teams work, he contributes in multiple facets of the game. Uh, we're going to bring him back on a similar deal to what he had last year. And that is a one-year, $2.5 million contract. Uh, it's a little bit of a pay bump from what he had last year. I think he was like $2.3 million. So we're throwing him some, some extra dollars. Not a ton, but, um, you know, we're hoping that he can also continue to grow uh, in this offense here. Uh, another guy, wide receiver, we're wanting to bring back. A guy that finally, finally stayed healthy. Seemed like he's on the verge of breaking out. But we still want to protect ourselves just in case. Paris Campbell. You're coming back to Indianapolis, two-year, eleven million dollar year, uh, eleven million dollar deal, five and a half million per with a team option after the first year. So, you know that way, if he shows he's able to stay healthy, it's still a short-term deal for him. He does get a little bit of a pay raise, and if he's able to stay healthy over this next couple years, then we can kind of look at you know giving you that you know big four uh, four-year deal with with the good money. Um, and, you know, I, I think he wants to stay as well. I, th I think he loves it here. Unfortunately, one of the guys we are going to have to let walk just because I think the market is going to be too big for him and the investment we already have is just too heavy in the position. 
It's Bobby Okereke. I'm sorry. Bobby is going to be walking, um, which is great news for him, you know, personally. I know he's going to go out and get a fantastic deal, a ton of money, you know, but we already have so much invested in the linebacker spot with Zaire. Darius is making $20 million a year, or my bad, Shaquille, sorry for the uh, mistake there. But, uh, you know, Shaq's making $20 million a year. But we do want to bring one guy back that has grown a ton in this, you know, linebacker room, and that's EJ Speed. Uh, so EJ Speed, we're going to bring him back on a three-year, $8 million deal, very similar to uh, a little bit under what Zaire Franklin signed last year. Yeah, see, $12, $15 million a year, Colts cannot afford that. They unfortunately cannot. And, you know, unfortunately, too, with the thing, with the linebacker thing, with the franchise tag, because that's also an avenue you could kind of look towards, but they kind of group edge rushers in with linebackers. So you get these huge pass rushers that are making tons of money and they're classified as linebackers. So the franchise tag for linebackers, you're looking at like 17, $18 million per season for a franchise tag. And that's just too much, just too much investment into one position, um, especially with the limited cap space we are working with. Cause I'm not very good with restructuring guys deals. I'm very similar to Chris Ballard like that. I kind of want to keep the deals we signed, not push more of that money down the road um, and just see what we can do as far as that goes. So we are bringing EJ speed back. Another guy that I think has earned, earned a job and he he's earned a contract here and that's Chase McLaughlin. He played fantastic last year. I'm bringing him back on a one year, one and a half million dollar deal. See if he can prove it for another year and then see, you know, possibly if we are able to, you know, continue on and, and possibly re-sign him at the end of the season for maybe a you know a longer deal. But we all know how kickers go. Um, you know, you could be great one year and just god awful. So I'm not willing to make a long-term investment, but he did earn a job and it is a little bit of a pay bump for him as well compared to last year. So all in all, we got Yannick Ngakwe, two years, 21 million. Ashton Doolin, one year, two and a half million. Paris Campbell, two year, 11 million. EJ Speed, three-year, eight million, and Chase McLaughlin, one year, one and a half million. That leaves us with a whopping $18.6 million to go forward into free agency with. And that's the price of doing business in the NFL. So as you can see, we kept a few of the players, you know, that performed admirably admirably last season, and it took away half of our cap space to go into free agency with. So um with that. At this point, I'm kind of looking for guys with high upside. Maybe they were, you know, high picks at another place and it just didn't work out. We can bring them in here, see if our coaching is a little bit better and, um, you know, see if we can hit on some of these higher upside guys that maybe didn't work out at their previous stop. And they're going to be bargains in free agency. So, yeah, bargain Ben Ballard. You can call me bargain Ben Oliver. I'm going bargain shopping. Um First off, what we're going to do, we're going to sign Trayvon Mullen from Baltimore, a guy that fits very well with what Chris Battle looks for. Six foot two, has the speed, has the length. Uh, you know, he he's going to be our guy to replace Brandon Faison. He's still only 25 years old. Um, you know, I looked at possibly bringing back Rocky Asin. But I think his market was going to be too high for me the way he played last year. And plus two. I don't know if he's willing to come back here after you kind of shipped him off. Um, you know, you never know how guys might handle trades. Um, I mean, 
it is a business, but at the same time, you, you can have some hurt feelings. So uh, I, I wanted to move forward, get a little bit younger at the position there, uh, because right now it is a barren position that we need some youth at. So, you know, Trayvon Mullen, he hasn't necessarily worked out great in Baltimore. And he has all the physical tools. And, you know, I'm going to pair him with a guy like Ron Miles, who's one of the best secondary coaches in the entire NFL, see if we can hit some of that untapped potential. Another guy we're bringing over, worked with Gus Bradley in Las Vegas, and Colts fans, don't kill me for this, Cleland Farrell, the former number four overall pick in the draft. We need some edge help, man. Uh, we do. And he has all the physical attributes to do it. He just, once again, he hasn't put it together and he hasn't played great. It's only a one-year deal. We're doing a one-year, $3.5 million deal um, you know, for him as a prove-it deal. And it gives us a little bit more depth with some upside along that defensive line. Next guy. I mean, this, is, this is the big spender here. Um, another guy that hasn't worked out but does have some uh, – possible connections with Shane Steichen you know he's he's been there the last few years with Shane um, and that's Andre Dillard the former first round pick of the Philadelphia Eagles at offensive tackle obviously he has not he's another guy he hasn't put it together but the upside is there I'm willing to take a shot on it we're doing a two-year seven million dollar deal very similar to what some of the other guys that you know linemen last year signed that they didn't necessarily pan out, you know, at their other stops. They wanted kind of, you know, a prove it deal. This is a prove it deal. Uh, and, and this is a, a prove it deal for him as well. So somebody can very easily come in and outbid us, but I'm just, you know, this, this is just the Colts thing. So we're, we're just assuming, Hey, he wants, you know, Shane Steichen wants him. We're working within the budget. We we want to give him a prove it deal and a chance to come in, provide depth, also possibly start, with a guy, you know, like Bernard Ryman, have them kind of compete in camp to see who wins out that job and gives us a little bit more depth. Then another guy you guys might not know of, um, I'm, I'm bringing in here for the tight end room to be my Mo Alley Cox replacement, and that's Chris Manhurts. He's a, he's a tight end, played for Jacksonville, um, and – what I'm looking for is a tight end because, you know, I hear, you know, Dalton Schultz, Mike Kosecki, all these guys. To me, we have the receiving tight end blocked. I mean, Drew Ogletree's coming back. Who knows what he can provide? But Jelani Woods and Colin Granson, those are going to be your two receiving tight ends, especially Granson. He's your move tight end. So I think there's a path forward with both those guys as a receiving option. But what did we lack from the tight end spot last year? Blocking. We, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, so what didn't we get from the tight ends last year? And that's great blocking. Um, man hurts to me outside of maybe George Kittle and a couple other guys. He's one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL. He's a guy that's not going to give you much in the passing game, but you can put him in uh, on rundowns. He's still going to be enough of a threat that you have to respect him in the passing game, but he's he's not going to be you know your move tight end. You're not sticking him in the slot and having him run routes. But I think he provides a fantastic value for a tight end and especially for what the Colts need. So we're bringing him in on a two-year, $6 million deal. That gives us $7.1 million remaining after free agency. So we made, you know, some key value signings, 
had uh, you know swung for some upside on some guys that haven't worked out at their last stop, and really, it, it, you know, we, we didn't want to push any more money into the future because you got to remember, Matt Ryan's dead cap deal falls off at the end of this next season as well. So that's going to open up a good chunk of change. There should be a lot of money uh, to play with coming in into this next year, especially with possibly a quarterback, um, you know, on a, on a rookie deal. We'll see what happens in the draft here, which we'll get to here in a second. But I think this, this fills some pretty key needs for the Colts. Obviously we have a DB, we have some defensive line help. We have some offensive tackle depth or starting, you know, depending on how him and Ryman kind of shake it up uh, with Dillard there in the in training camp. We're going to let those guys compete for the job. And on top of that, we also have some some more blocking to bring in from the tight end perspective. Help us in the run game. Help us in some pass blocking situations, which is something we struggled with last year. This leaves us with $7.1 million. You need $6.9 million generally to sign your rookie class. Um, so that gives us right there on the money there. It gives us about $200,000 after the draft, you know, as far as undrafted free agents. We still have a chance to make some moves, make some cuts if we need to, and it gives us a little bit of breathing room to play with. But at this point, free agency's done. We've, you know, we've lost some guys. We kept some guys. We added some guys. Uh, it, it's nothing super exciting, I know. It's not, you know, the big free agent signings. We're not going out there. And to me, this free agent class, it's not really that great. So if you're going to spend money on a class, this would probably not be the one to do it. You would probably kind of look towards next year, which is why I'm kind of playing it safe this year as far as, you know, not pushing more money into the future because, Next year's class is a lot better than this year's, and that would be the one that you would kind of want to swing for the fences on some high-level guys in. So, you know, this coming up year, we're just getting some guys that we think can help us win some ball games, play good football, giving guys a chance to, you know, earn their jobs and improve in what I think is going to be a really strong coaching staff that we're putting together here. Um, so now let's get into the draft. You know, now it's draft time. We're able to breathe a sigh of relief. It's finally here, the moment we've all been waiting for. We have a full seven-round mock draft. And remember, we traded Kenny Moore for a fourth-round pick, freed up some cap space. So we have an extra fourth-round pick to play with here um, and get a guy. Am I going to move up to number one? No, I'm not. Just you know, just to let you guys know, I'm not. Because I don't think this team is competing really – this next year. I think this is going to be a lot more of a rebuild year than what people think it's going to be. Everybody thinks, you know, hey, we just add a good rookie quarterback and, you know, we're right there, nine, 10 wins. We can compete for the division. Unfortunately, whenever you win four games, you're a lot further, you're a lot further away than, than what you think you are. And this team has a lot of growing to do in some key areas before I'm willing to kind of say they're just a quarterback away. So with that in mind, that's kind of why I swung for some upside guys uh, as far as in free agency, uh, you know, just a chance, because if you hit on one of those guys, you have them for a good value and they're able to prove their worth. And, you know, that's, that's cheap, really good production. So now going into the draft, I'm not moving up to Chicago. I'm not meeting, you know, say they want another first round pick next year. To me, there's a strong likelihood. This is probably going to be another top 10 pick. I'm not willing to give up another top 10 pick because I think all four of these quarterbacks we're looking at all come with flaws. They, you know, they all come with their own issues one way or another. This isn't a slam dunk 
pick regardless of where you go. So I'm not willing to give up a potential top 10 player next year to draft a guy with, with flaws. So I'm willing to shoot for upside. We're going to stay at pick number four. If you've been following me, you know where I'm going. Like I said, all these guys have flaws. So at this point, I'm just swinging for the fences. You know, there, there's no perfect quarterback option in this class. And we're going to be going through a little bit of a rebuild. So why not swing for the fences? Let some, let the most talented rookie quarterback develop with a strong coaching staff behind him to help fix some of the issues he has. And that's Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, pick number four, shooting for the stars. I know the comment section is probably blowing up right now. But, you know, that whenever I'm looking at a guy like this, you look at all the things that you can't teach. And his issues are very teachable. They're very coachable. And I think he's a lot further along than what people think he is as far as you know, reading defenses, manipulating defenders with his eyes in the pocket, his, you know, pocket presence as far as his ability to avoid sacks and make plays from the pocket. Obviously, the arm strength is there. So really what you're looking at is issues with accuracy and issues with footwork. If you can get the footwork, you know, fixed on a consistent basis, that accuracy to me is going to skyrocket. So, um, yeah, well, thanks for following. I'm glad, I'm glad we're, we're we're able to do a, a little bit of God's work over there on the old Twitter. So, um, yeah, I, I'm shooting for the upside. And what, like I said, what he gives you, you can't teach. And what he is bad at, you can coach. And I'm going to trust my coaches. I'm going to trust my hire of Shane Steichen and Jim Bob Cooter Love the name, by the way. Any chance I can say Jim Bob Cooter, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. So um, you know, I'm gonna trust my my decision to have these guys develop a quarterback. I'm shooting for the stars. We're taking Anthony Richardson, number four, University of Florida. Now let's get into the second round pick. So what was the biggest issue? What did we not address in free agency? I'm never really a guy that drafts for need, but sometimes the need and the talent just fit. And, you know, where's the one place we didn't address? Did we cut Ryan Kelly? No, no, we kept Ryan Kelly. And I know that might be a shock to some people, but to me, continuity along the offensive line is one of the single biggest factors in an offensive line success. And so we could have cut Ryan Kelly. We could have went out, drafted a center, added another guard, spent more money in free agency, which we didn't really have a lot of money to play with to begin with. But I'm willing to uh, give Ron Kelly another year here to, you know, hopefully get back on track. Let the continuity between Ron Kelly, Quentin Nelson, possibly, excuse me, possibly Bernard Ryman going into his second year. Braden Smith. All these guys have played at least one season together now. Most of these guys have played multiple seasons together. So I wanted to keep that offensive line intact as much as I possibly could. But where's the biggest hole? It's at guard. Is there a guard available here? We're picking at pick 35 that I think can step in day one. You have a guy on a rookie deal and provide you with fantastic production. Mike, you're going to love it. We're picking guard Steve Avila from TCU at pick number 35. He's a guy that I think can step in day one, 
dominate in the run game. I think he's perfect for the, you know, the zone blocking, you know, scheme that Steichen wants to run. Um, I think he just fits this offense phenomenally with his strengths. And I think he could be an impact player day one, you know, the moment you put him in there. And this now you have two guys along that offensive line on rookie deals. You have Ryan Kelly, who we can move on from next year if it doesn't work out, draft another guy. But, you know, at this point, your offensive line, you hope it's set, you know, at least, you know, without the question marks of center going forward, you know, as long as there's a rebound from Ryan Kelly, at least to just even average level of play, I think you have a really strong foundation along your offensive line to keep Anthony Richardson uptight or upright. And I mean, this, this should also be beneficial to Jonathan Taylor. This should be beneficial to the whole offense because you with a guy like Anthony Richardson, you want to showcase that arm talent. You want to let those guys go deep. Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman Jr., maybe some of the other guys we draft here in a few picks. You know, you want to let them, those deep routes develop, and you're able to take those big shots and showcase that arm strength. And having some stability along that offensive line, we're able to do that. And this should help the running game, the passing game, everything. And I think he's a fantastic player. So now let's get into our third round pick. Just so you know, just based off that pick, I'm a season ticket holder now. Hey, I'm a man of the people. Hey, continue, continue. Great pick. Best pick of the draft. Thank you. I appreciate it. So one of the glaring weaknesses now we have is still on the offensive line as far as depth is concerned, especially, you know, at the center position, should Ryan Kelly not work out? Or possibly guard, should one of these guards go down? Hopefully they don't. But, um, you know, we still need some depth along that offensive line. I think Will Fries did a really good job for us last year. He's a piece that you would like to have. But I, I still want to solidify that O-line, man. Look, it's the Chris Ballard thing, I guess. You know, defensive line, offensive line. I want to win in the trenches, and I want to allow my quarterback, should one of these guys go down, to still have a fighting chance. I want to allow Jonathan Taylor to still have a fighting chance, should these guys go down. So one of these guys that I've been really growing on here in the third round, and a guy that I think was he's kind of a hidden talent because you never hear his name brought up, but the more I watch of the film, the more I fall in love with this guy. And that's Joe Tipman, the center from Wisconsin. So he's a guy I think you can slide in at center or at guard. It allows you also to have Ryan Kelly's replacement already there learning. So should you move on from him next year, you already have your guy. He's uber talented that can step in and provide depth this season and possibly be your starter for the future moving forward over the next few years. So, you know, gives him a chance to get in your system, to learn for a year, to play, you know, you know, in, in some key roles, should he need to and get that experience. And then, like I said, say we move on from Ryan Kelly next year, you've already got a guy that continuity is so important along that offensive line that has played and has made reps with these guys um, already for this, for this season. So yeah, Joe Tittman offensive line, I'm double dipping along the offensive line with my second and third round pick. And by the way, this brings us now we can have a little fun. So We have two fourth-round picks here, pick number 102, courtesy of the Chicago Bears from the Kenny Moore trade. And I'm picking a guy that I think has a good chance to not even be there because of what he did at the Senior Bowl and his measurables. 
But um, that's Darius Rush, defensive back out of South Carolina. Guy that's got really great wingspan. Uh, he's a guy that has good size. I believe he measured in right around six foot, six two, somewhere around there. And he's probably going to run in the four threes um, as well. So extremely fast guy. And, you know, he's physical. He'll, uh, you know, his mentality that he plays with, he's a willing tackler. He always kind of wants to uh, mix himself up. And this is a guy that's been climbing draft boards. You know, I think before this process started, before the senior bowl, he was right around a fifth round pick. So I think that did wonders for him, um, seeing how he performed against some of these wide receivers. And this is a really strong DB class. Most other years, a guy like Darius Rush, you're probably seeing him picked in the second round, third round, but because of this, you know, this class of DBs, while it doesn't have that name value at the top, you don't have, you know, your sauce gardeners, you know, at the, at the very top of this class, I think the depth is fantastic. And to be able to land a player with the measurables, the experience, obviously a senior bowl guy um, like Darius Rush in the fourth round, we're ecstatic. And that gives us another young cornerback with good size and, uh, and experience to grow, hopefully for another year here under Stephon Gilmore. And uh, I think he's, he's going to be a really good player. So we're getting Darius Rush. And then just a few picks later, 106. So we're getting back-to-back picks here pretty much. This is a guy, too, physical freak of nature that just hasn't put it all together yet in college, and he's kind of struggled a little bit. But I'm trusting my coaches. I'm shooting for the stars. This is all about upside. you got to understand the NFL draft isn't about what you can do in year one. It's about what you're doing in year three, year four, going forward. This is a guy, to me, one of the biggest freaks in this entire draft. And obviously – He's, he's got a lot of stability around him because he played at Army, and that's Andre Carter II uh, coming in at pick number 106, uh, you know, edge rusher, if you did not know. He, he does play edge, defensive end. The guy's just a, a freak of nature. Listing off some measurables here. Let me see if I can pull him up. Um, I know he's around 6'6", uh, so big guy, 263. And um, – you know, that, that's what he kind of measured in as well. And there's a good chance that he goes to the combine and just blows the doors off the combine. So he might even rise after this combine. But since we're doing this pre-combine, um, you know, he, he's still available to us at this point. So I went ahead, shot for the upside for another high-end pass rusher, hopefully here in a few years. And now we're going to be moving on to pick number 139 that we hold. And this is the ultimate Chris Ballard player here. You know, senior ball member, huge wingspan, multiple all-academic guy. Um, yeah, yeah, we were down there. So, yeah, we, we got to see Carter up close. He, he really is a freak. Like, he's so huge. He's just a huge guy that moves just at an unbelievable level for his size. And if you can just kind of hone in that technique, you know, have him, you know, be taught that technique, I think the sky's the limit for this kid. Um, so now getting into another player, phenomenal size, broke the record at the Senior Bowl for the longest wingspan a DB has ever measured in. Um, that's music to Chris Ballard's ears. The guy is an all-academic player, Senior Bowl player. The measurables are off the charts, and that's cornerback slash safety 
Julius Brents, DB out of Kansas State. I think he's a guy, to me, I would play him at cornerback at the next level and try my best to see if it works out. Worst case scenario, you, you can move him over to safety, but I'm trying him out at cornerback because I think the the physical nature he plays with, like I said, with a few of these guys, these are all guys that have that mentality, that in-your-face mentality that the Colts have really been missing, uh, you know, attacking people, being physical with guys, making your presence felt. That's what we kind of want to transition more to. You know, we're, we're done with the passive-aggressive tweets and all this stuff, yeah. I mean, he's 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 a freak. So he's six foot four, has a wingspan of almost eighty inches, which is absurd. Um, that's that's right around like I want to say that's that's close to almost seven foot, like six ten, six eleven. I mean, like that's absurd. So he has, and he's another guy. He's going to run really well. He's going to test really good at the combine. So I'm I'm trying. If you if you don't catch a theme here, it's very much in the mold because me and Ballard share a lot of similar philosophies. Physical freaks at the position. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Because if you can hone in that technique, then the sky's the limit because you can't teach what these guys already have. You you know, there's nothing you can do about that. But you can teach technique and, you know, have an experience and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we're, we're going with that. And then... Pick number 203, sixth round pick here. Our boy, friend of the show, speedster wide receiver, Tyler Scott, coming in from the University of Cincinnati wide receiver. And this is another guy that, you know, he's going to he's gonna demolish the combine. He might be the fastest player at the combine. Um, it's it's going to be between him and Trey. Uh, Trey Tucker, his teammate from Cincinnati. So reuniting him with Alec Pierce, one of his good friends. We had him on the show. If you haven't caught the interview, by the way, with Trey Tucker, or not, well, with Trey Tucker or with Tyler Scott, get you know, I I definitely recommend you go watch that. He's a phenomenal guy, uh, you know, great player. And he's a guy too that's just he's growing into his role. Uh, you know, I think some of the things we talked with him about too that you know, his nuanced route running, his ability to create separation, the ability to go deep and take the the top off of defenses. This is going to pair well with our quarterback with a rocket arm and our offensive line now that we've kind of solidified a little bit through free agency in the draft. So this is going to give him a shot to really impact, you know, not only the offense, but he, he's a phenomenal special teams player as well. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Tyler. I'm super excited. I was glad we were able to have him on here. And yeah, he he's coming to Indianapolis. He doesn't have to go far after the combine. He can just rent a hotel and chill for about a month. So uh yeah, Tyler, welcome to Indianapolis. And now we're going to shoot once again for the stars here with our last pick of the draft, obviously. This, you know, I never want to say a pick's a throwaway pick, but this pick obviously isn't, you know, because every pick's important. No one pick is more important than the other. 
except maybe when you're picking four overall. But, um, you know, e- each one of these guys has a chance. You want to draft for upside here, especially late in the draft. And I'm, you look, call me a stickler. We've addressed the DBs. We've addressed the defensive line. We've addressed the quarterback. We addressed the wide receiver. I'm going back to the well and offensive lineman. I, I am because whatever happened last year, I don't ever want to see that again. Um, and especially making the investment for protection around our young quarterback. I'm not making the same mistakes that we saw with Andrew Luck the last time we picked a quarterback top five. I'm not doing that again. So if it means I have to invest three or four picks every single year until we get studs along that offensive line, I'm doing it. And this is a guy that has the upside. He just, you know, he's a little bit of a sleeper uh, pick, but, you know, he he hasn't necessarily developed. He's not as athletic as some of the other tackles, but I think there's a really strong chance for growth. And with your seventh round pick here, I'm picking Carter Warren offensive tackle at a pit university. And, you know, big, big dude, uh, behemoth of a guy. He doesn't have that short area quickness that you would see from a guy like Bernard Ryman or Andre Dillard or, you know, those type of guys. But I think he has a really strong physical profile that you can work with. And if you are able to develop him, I think he can provide you with a really strong swing tackle uh, for depth. And, um, yeah, if you're able to take shots on guys like that late, I'm willing to do that. So just to go over our draft again, Anthony Richardson, four overall. Steve Avila, guard TCU, 35. 79, Joe Tittman, center, Wisconsin. Pick 102 from Chicago. Darius Rush, defensive back, South Carolina. Pick 106, Andre Carter II, edge from Army. 139, Julius Brents, DB, Kansas State. 203, Tyler Scott, wide receiver, Cincinnati. 237, Carter Warren, offensive tackle, Pitt. And that gives us a really strong foundation moving forward along with free agency. We brought some of our key guys back. We signed some upside for some, you know, really good deals there in free agency. And then we shot for the moon in the draft, you know. Um, So, yeah, we're going to take our lumps next year. It is what it is. That's the benefit of uh, winning four games. You know, you're not as far along as what you thought you were. So um, that's why it was kind of key for me not to move any of those high picks for next season and kind of shoot for the stars there. So hope you guys enjoyed that draft. But, um, yeah, let's – I'm I'm open to take any questions now. You guys have been waiting. Go ahead. All right, let me me Uh, turn uh, – let me turn into Kevin Bowen, all right? So, uh, and, and Kevin Bowen, friend of the pod as well. Um, so, uh, Landon, you didn't address running back. You know how Kevin Bowen would address Ballard with the wide receiver thing. I'm a turn. You didn't address running back. You know, running back looks a little, could look a little sketchy behind Jonathan Taylor. What, uh, you know, there wasn't any movement in free agency, wasn't no picks in the draft. What, what what is your confidence level behind Jonathan Taylor? Well, one, I'm supremely confident in Jonathan Taylor. I don't think that's that's even a question. I think he's one of the best players in football when he's healthy. But then outside of that, I mean, did, did we not just see what Zach Moss brought to the table at the end of last year? Super strong runner. He's going to be here as well. Um, and then you know, there's you know, this is a really good running back class as well. I think you can get some really good value for undrafted free agents. 
Um, and, and then on top of that, you know, there, there's going to be some guys that get cut after training camp, uh, that are going to be there, you know, and, and like I said, we left ourselves a little bit of wiggle room. Should we need to create some space? We didn't push any deals into the future and free agency, but you know, there's going to be guys available that get cut, um, that aren't available in free agency right now. So we could even possibly look at adding on to that. But I think Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, um, and you know, there you know, obviously Jordan Wilkinson's always a guy you can bring back. He's very familiar. And then on top of that, you know, you even have guys like Boston Scott, uh, who's played under Shane Steichen there uh, for Philadelphia. He he could be available. Um, I, I just think that the with the way the running back position is, and us already having two solid options, that's not really something that I wanted to. You know, I really wanted to solidify the draft with impact positions and. What that is, is, you know, quarterback, offensive line, defensive line, wide receivers, DBs. These are all super impactful positions along the field. And we already have an MVP caliber running back and to me, a really strong backup. So I'm willing to look in undrafted free agency or possibly sign a guy after training camp once the cuts happen. But I didn't really want to waste capital uh, on that. Quick question. Marcus, you, you, you mentioned uh, Ryan Kelly staying another year. And then before you said that, you mentioned how the Colts are not going to probably have the best season after they just come up a four-win season. So is keeping Ryan Kelly the only reason moving over to next year's draft, you have a higher chance of getting the person you might want? Um, It, it really – to me, Ryan Kelly wasn't as bad on film. And I think he improved as the numbers went – or as the season went along. So uh, I think he's still a, a really good leader in that locker room. I think he can help a young quarterback a lot because of his experience. And that was kind of something that I kind of thought about as well with Anthony Richardson, the understanding of, you know, setting those protections and kind of the little things. He's a very experienced and very smart player. So, uh, you know, I think keeping him for another season at least um, – <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, if I was actually a GM, I wouldn't be this transparent either. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna do a podcast to tell everybody what I'm gonna do. But um, you know, and that, that's really what I should have done on here. I should have gone on and said, "Hey, you know, you, you guys will just have to wait and see." I should have just gave very um, cookie cutter statements. Um, but you know, when it comes to to Ryan, I, I think you know. He, he's earned at least another year. The work that he's put in since he's been here after one kind of up and down season. Uh, and, you know, we obviously know the last few games there. The offensive line, like I said, continuity is so important along that offensive line. And we saw last year what happened whenever you inserted two brand new starters into that offensive line. So you're able to, one, keep some of that continuity – add a talented guy to start at that right guard spot. But then we still address the center position. So let's not forget that. We addressed that center position there in the third round to where we can groom somebody under Ryan Kelly and with the new offensive line coach, um, <coughs> Roy Eastman. <coughs> Whenever that announcement gets uh, dropped any any day now, um, <coughs> you know we're able to have that young center groomed and ready to take over whenever it is time to officially move on. 
So I have another question. It may be a little bit more controversial, but the decision to not bring back Matt Pryor, what, what led into that? Well, really, when you look at the film last season, Mike, uh, <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. Um, whenever, you, whenever you watch, whenever you watch the games, you know, you, you guys are seeing what we see as well, you know, so uh, I, I think it was best for both parties to to move on. But Landon, he had a good rep against Frank Clark. Like, how could you just forget about that play and like just because he was let down, you're going to punish him for trying? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, because you see, Mike, when you look at the film and you're able to watch the game, what you're, <laughs> what you're able to see is, uh, is not, not fun. So, um, yeah, we're, we're moving on from Matt Pryor. Yeah. I could have swore I seen Pryor, you know, just standing there on a few plays and letting the people just walk. Down <laughs> the PSA. I figured it would be a controversial issue that needed to be tackled. <laughs> Uh, another yeah. thing, um, I don't know if you mentioned Rodney McLeod or not, if you had anything doing with him. I think he's a contemplation. Yeah. Yeah, so he's a free agent. Um, we appreciate what Rodney gave us last year. I think it was absolutely fantastic. One of the best players in the secondary. And I know if he does not retire, I don't want him to spend his last legs on a team like he did this last season on a four-win team. He, he deserves more. He deserves to compete for a championship, to help a team win a Super Bowl. And so I'm giving him that opportunity, um, you know, to – it's nothing – you know, if, if, if he's dead set on coming back, I would love to have Rodney back. I mean, I would love it. He's a fantastic player, fantastic leader, uh, everything you want out of a player. I can't speak better things on a guy than I can speak about Rodney McLeod. But – you know, I, I think for where he's at in his career and what he wants to accomplish, should he decide to continue for one more season or a couple more seasons, I want to give him the opportunity to chase a chase a title. He deserves that. Before we hop in, the, I think I have maybe one more question for you, Landon. Mm -hmm. uh, at the time Kylan Granton was drafted, he was Frank Reich's choice. That was a Frank Reich draft pick. Frank Reich is no longer here. Uh was there any type of, you know, discussion about whether you should get another guy in here? Maybe Kylan doesn't fit the system as well. What, what What's, you know, your logic on holding on and believing in Kylan Granson? Well, I mean, look, Kylan, you know, the season he had last year, the more he kept playing, the better he got. And I, I know Frank's not here, but I think that's a guy – that can really help you win football games. He he had some really strong moments last year, and I was really impressed with what he brought to the table. And one thing I really don't want to do, especially with guys on rookie deals, I don't want to just get rid of talented players on their rookie deals just to do it. And let's not forget, we drafted two really strong tight ends last season, which one of the guys, you know, obviously the unfortunate injury uh, to Alec o or to uh, Ogletree. Um, I said Alec Ogletree. He, <laughs> played for the Rams uh, years and years ago. But, um, you know, unfortunately that didn't happen. But I think he he has a lot that he can bring to the table as well. Obviously, 
the guy that we're looking to step forward and to have a big role on this offense is Jelani Woods. So, um, you know, we're still able to, you know, we, we made the signing of, uh, you know, we made the signing there of Chris Manhurts to bring in more veteran leadership, to bring in really strong blocking. And hopefully too, you know, he, he can also help some of these younger guys grow as blockers as well. He's a guy, he's been around for a while. I believe he's 30 going on 31 years old. So he's a vet that's played a lot of really good football and, you know, he has a lot to bring to the table as well. So I think having the diversity of skill set you have with, you know, Jelani Woods, Ogletree, Kylan, and, you know, Manhurts, you know, I, I think all, all those guys have really different skill sets. And that's really what you want to have in that room is multiple guys. I mean, would you love to have George Kittle, you know, a guy that can do everything at an elite level? Absolutely. But there's only so many of those guys. Um, and, and, you know, really there's only a couple of them in the league. So, you know, at, at that point, you just, you never want to cut talented players on their rookie deals just, just to do it. Well, Marcus, did you have anything else? Um, not, not that I can think of. I tried to see uh, if they had a few questions in the chat. Uh, this one of them that just popped up. Who is going to be the quarterback coach for Anthony Richardson? That is yet to be determined. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know who they've got their eye on, honestly. Um I'll be interested to see though. That's that and the offensive line coach are the two hires that I'm really waiting to see. Um, which there's a strong indication on what route they're going with offensive line wise. But there, you know, we really haven't heard much about the quarterback coach situation. So um, I'm going to be curious to see where where they go with that. To me personally, like if it's me, like if I am the GM and I'm working with Shane Steichen, just saying I might be making a phone call to Philip Rivers and, and and see how he's uh see how he's enjoying his uh coaching stint down there in Alabama and if he'd be mm-hmm. interested to coming back uh you know into a role because I can't think of a better mentor and a better quarterback coach to learn from, especially for a guy with all the physical attributes of Anthony Richardson than a guy like Phillip Rivers. Would you would you ask Matt Ryan if he would want to become quarterback coach? Uh no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I mean, it's not that I don't think he could, but I just don't think he's at that point in his career yet to where that's something that he would be thinking about. I don't know if he even wants to get into coaching at all. Uh I, I think he still feels like he has good football left in him. And outside of that, I think where he wants to transition to is more into the broadcasting and the media stuff than in the in the coaching realm. And correct me if I'm wrong, Nick Foles is still the backup, no, or is he gone? No. Uh, so I, I believe – he he will end up being gone. There's a good, there's a strong chance he actually ends up retiring from from what uh-huh. I I think. Right. So. Uh. Okay. Because I could have swore he signed a two year deal. So I'm just okay. So he was also in their part of the cuts. I assume. Okay. Or probably yeah. just volunteer retirement. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I just kind of assume he's he's retiring. I guess I should have put that down, but um, yeah, I, I have a strong feeling that he's going to end up uh, retiring. All right. If there's anything else, let's hit up the comment section real quick. I know that's been a little bit of a barn burner. Would you trust Will Levis as a quarterback if Peyton was the quarterback coach? Well, Peyton ain't coming back to Indianapolis no time soon. Uh, I don't know, Landon. What what about it? I, I would trust Will Levis regardless. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would I would trust Levis as as quarterback. See, that's that's the great thing about making the Steichen hire because he was one of the two guys in my mind, that if you went offensive coach that I felt really strongly about any of the four quarterbacks we could draft has a good shot of working out. That's kind of why I'm more, I guess, inclined to shoot for that high upside because of who we have as our head coach, who he has or who we have as our offensive coordinator, possibly bringing in a really strong quarterback coach as well with those connections. And, um, yeah, so I mean, any, any of the four guys I'm comfortable with at this point, though, like I said, it was I think Anthony Richardson does some of the things, not even just from an athletic standpoint, but from a quarterback standpoint that are very hard to teach a young guy. And, you know, he's 21 years old. So, if, you know, if your biggest hang up to me is that you you need reps, you need experience. Um well, just because, you know, we brought back EJ, I, I think, I, I believe strongly in EJ speed. Also, we have, you know, multiple guys there. I think Jojo Doman, Doman is yeah. going to be still on the roster. I think he played well um, in, in spots. And like I said, you know, this is extremely early. So there can be cuts made after training camp, after the draft. You know, we're going to have options to go get guys that are available. And, you know, there's there's a strong likelihood that we do end up doing that. So, you know, it's it, – you you want to keep your options open, but I like the guys that we have in, in you know in house. What do you and, and and two also strongly believe Shaquille Leonard is going to he's going to be Shaquille Leonard this coming up season. Um, that that guy's work ethic is is second to none. So I, I think he's going to be uh, just fine. I'm not worried in the least bit about Shaq. What am I going to do with Nick Cross? Well, we're going to play him. Uh, that's what we're going to do with Nick Cross. Um, no, I'm I'm good on AJ McCarron. <laughs> I'm good on AJ McCarron. I, I you know I I like AJ okay. Um, but as a St. Louis Battlehawks fan, you know, since it's the closest to me, I've adopted the Battlehawks as my team. It's only a couple hours away from where I live. Mm. Um, you know. I prefer him as the quarterback for the Battle Hawks and not quarterbacking my NFL team. Because, see, here's the thing with Anthony Richardson, too. Like I said, biggest hang-up outside of your accuracy is is just the experience. He doesn't have the experience. Is he going to get the reps? Is he going to get the experience by holding a clipboard? No, he's not. So I, I'm throwing him into the fire day one and, and saying, hey, let's – Let's go make this thing work. And, you know, you design an offense. You leave it up to your coaches to design an, um, an offense around him to accentuate his strengths while he develops some of those other passing, uh, you know, instincts that that he needs to develop. Would I go after Brandon Graham and let Yannick walk? Um, it's possible, I guess. But I, I think with Yannick's familiarity – 
in the Gus Bradley system, you know, what, what he brings to the table because you bring a guy in, that's, that's kind of the thing with free agency that a lot of guys don't understand is, you know, you bring guys in in free agency and unless they've worked with that coach on a previous stop, then, um, you know, they're, there's learning a, a new defense. They're having to, they're already in a new city trying to get a new house and move and uproot their entire life and their families. And then you're going to add a new playbook on top of that. It's going to take time to grow. Whereas Yannick, um, Yannick, um, he, he's a guy that he already has that familiarity and the more continuity I'm able to have within a unit and within a roster to me, that breeds better success. No, no, unfortunately not. I, and I like Keenan as a player, but, you know, he's on the wrong side. You know, he's 31 years old. Uh, I mean, if he's willing to accept a minor one-year deal, possibly. But, look, we, um, you know, we we ended up, you know, signing, re-signing Paris, re-signing Ashton Doolin. We drafted Tyler Scott. We already have Alec Pierce on the roster who's going to develop more. Uh, so, you know, and, and then on top of that, you know, you add in some of the some of the other guys, you know, like Mike Strawn, another year of development for him, you know, he's dealt with some injury stuff. So we'll see what happens with him. But I, I really like the the four four or five deep wide receivers we would have at that point. I love the uh the Tyler Scott draft pick. I'm a big fan. I don't more understand why we keep more story times. Yes, looking forward to that for sure. And by the way, guys, it, it it'll be coming soon. I'll, I'll just I'll I'll just tell you that, and and by the way, an update on that stuff. Uh, the graphic did say we'll be having Braden Willis tight end from Oklahoma and Quentin Johnson wide receiver from TCU. We've unfortunately had to reschedule those. They are busy prospects, especially Quentin. Uh, we've had to reschedule about three times already because teams want to have interviews. They want to talk to them. They want to get to know them. So we're we're looking at post combine, which which should open up uh time a little bit more because obviously training for the combine has been busy but those two interviews are still coming tyler scott will be up here in the next 24 hours or so just wanted to give you all a quick update on that but yes after that after you watch that you're gonna understand why we uh we, we like that tyler scott pick yeah so yeah to answer the ryan kelly thing uh, which really, it just kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Um, I think continuity along the offensive line is a big thing in the success of an offensive line. And not only that, but I think his ability to help the young quarterback with the protection calls, getting him up to speed, having that veteran there that's able to handle those responsibilities and let him kind of grow because you don't want to you know, just throw the young guy into the fire as far as everything goes, you know, you still want to have some help, you know, should he need it. So I think um, having a, uh, having a rookie center and a rookie quarterback, it, it's going to be tough, man. That's, that's really tough for the offensive line and for the quarterback. So this gives, you know, the younger center we have, like I said, time to develop, gives him a year into the system. He's able to kind of catch up on his own terms. And then the quarterback pick, it provides, you know, one really strong protection because it keeps that continuity with Ryman, Nelson, Kelly, Smith. Um, and then you're able to really rely on him 
to get the protection calls correct and get everything kind of set up while Anthony Richardson has a chance to learn those as he's going along through his rookie year. If we draft Scott and resign Paris, what do you think about the triple reverse? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever run it, but it sure would be fun. I mean, I'd probably try. Right, I was about to be like, don't call it. Yeah, I have to say, I try. I tried out in practice a few times, but it would have to be a very, very, very specific game situation for me to ever do it. But and very um, well executed up front. Yeah, yeah, that that could be something for sure, though. But but I like the creativity. I like where you're going with that question. It's creative. We got anything else, Marcus? Uh, no, not at the moment. I don't see anything. Okay. Hey, well, shout out to everybody uh, who's who's tuned in, who's commented, asked the question. We truly appreciate all you uh, all you guys and gals that have tuned in. Landon had a very interesting plan in upgrading the roster. Um, I was expecting it to be a little bit more cutthroat, but knowing Landon and how precise he is with his football analysis, it is a total Landon Oliver. Uh, episode of playing GM of the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, if we don't have any more questions from the chat, Landon, any closing remarks as, you know, this pilot episode of playing GM of the Indianapolis Colts comes to an end? Yeah, just, um, I mean, it was really fun. I really enjoyed doing this. And like I said, it's super early in the process. So the combine hasn't even happened yet. So before you go kill me for some of these draft picks, before you hop on, yeah, throwing bricks and uh, and attacking me. Just just know that we're still very early on in this process, and there's a lot. And I promise you, there's a lot that's going to change as we kind of creep towards the NFL draft. And so I you mean, got one more. Okay, what's up? And when you talk about change, here's one more question that I had for you. When looking at your draft, because I took notes here. One prospect that I do not expect to be available at the time you drafted him was Julius Brents from Kansas State. You think he he creeps up? You think he sh- fires up draft boards? Uh, I mean, it's possible for sure. I still think, you know, the, the tape showed a guy that's a little bit still raw and he's mm-hmm. a little bit more of a tweener. You know, you could, you know, played at safety, played at cornerback. You don't really know where he's going to be in the NFL level, but um, he had a strong showing at the senior bowl. And, you know, before this, he was like a fifth, sixth round guy. So getting him in the fourth, he's already jumped up around from that senior bowl performance. Um, now it's possible once he goes to the combine, you know, the measurables show up, you know, he's able to kind of run really strong and show some of the things he can do. It's possible he's there in the third, but that's you know, like I said, that's that's kind of the the thing about doing a. Am I a badass GM? <laughs> is that a, is that a Greg Doyle question? Am I mm-hmm. a hard ass? Um, I, I love Daywan Jones. I'm a big fan of Daywan Jones. I think he had a really strong uh, senior ball as well. He's a really good player. You would have to draft him to me probably in the first round. So. <laughs> with going quarter, yeah, with going quarterback, I'm not probably gonna uh, to pick him. But um, as far as moving Smith back to guard, Smith to me is a really, really, really good right tackle, and that that's a 
more important position. We addressed guard, and he's just making too much money for me to move back into guard as well. Him and Nelson combined for guard play. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of money for your guards. So I want to keep him at right tackle where he's been really, really strong at and, uh, you know, kind of save a little bit of money there. I like it. I like it. I was about to say that, that was that, that was interesting for sure. Uh, Marcus, you got anything that you want to nitpick about his uh, signings, trades, or draft picks? Mm, no, the the tight end signing was was you know it was questionable, but it is what it is. But I'm pretty sure we we'll both have different ideas moving forward with our GM uh, our GM story. So, I mean, besides that, I don't really I, I like the the process. I love the show that we did today. Uh, definitely going to be interesting moving forward with Mike's uh, GM role, uh, what he has going on. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a bunch of bricks thrown at Mike. So <laughs> looking Max, forward to it. Max Duggan, four overall. Hope you guys Max. are ready. <laughs> Hope you guys are ready. Trade back uh, to number 12, draft Quentin Johnston. <laughs> yeah, going to end up having like five TCU players in my mock draft. No, I, I am – I'm set. I actually already have my free agent – or not my free agent. I have my cuts and trades made already, but it's to the free agent portion. In the mock draft, I haven't gotten I haven't gotten done with, done with yet, but I'm excited. But Landon, great show, great plan. I love the additions to the offensive line. Love, love, love guard, center, getting more depth in depth at the offensive line because Lord knows you need it in the NFL. Uh, great show, Anthony Richardson, not a surprise. Uh, but other than yeah, that – I was going to say PFF uh, just dropped a, a mock draft with the Colts drafting AR. So, you never know. And I mean, there's a pretty high point. likelihood of it happening. I mean, it's a 25% chance yeah. that it's either going to be young. Yeah, once, yeah, once, once, once this, uh, once this combine happens, y'all are about to see something. You're going to see a show. Um, and I'll say this too, just to, just to plug out my guys at bring the juice as well. Um, me and Derek from bring the juice, we are doing a little series right now. He asked me for some help. So I've, I've sat down with him. We're actually doing film breakdowns of all five actually so we've got five quarterbacks we're doing the Bryce Young one just dropped today so if you want to learn a little bit more about Bryce Young go check out that um and then we'll have a few articles we're doing or I'm going to be doing here leading up to the combine I talked to Noah earlier today we've got uh something we're in the works as well get you prepped for the combine I've got five guys to keep an eye on at the NFL combine that way you're not going in blind and uh, some of the guys that I've got my eye on as well. So we've got some great content coming. If you're interested in quarterbacks, go check out their show. Thanks, you know, to those guys for their support of the Blue Stable and uh, everything they do uh, over there. And then also, too, just check out some of the articles. We have some great stuff, man. Um, as far as, you know, we have great writers, you know, and, and I just really want to highlight that. So I know, you know, everybody likes the YouTube videos and like they're fun to watch and all that. And you know, it's one of my favorite things to do. I'm much more comfortable in front of a camera than I am, you know, behind writing articles, but we have a lot of guys that are super awesome at what they do. So go check out the website, go check out those articles, give those guys support. So uh, just, just wanted to say thanks, you know, everybody for the support and uh, continue to support the blue stable. Thank you. 
you and Marcus for uh, giving me uh, a platform and it's, it's been really fun collaborating with you guys on this and um, yeah, just it, ready to go. I'm ready for the combine next week. I'm excited. Hey, you are here to stay Landon and Hey, I'm not sure if y'all know this, but we repping the blue stable now. Hold on. I'm trying to get it in frame. Don't worry, Landon Marcus. Y'all's is coming, you know, just yeah. trying to, I'm going to need one of those. Huh? Said I'm gonna need one of those. Look, we might want to shoot our guy Tyler one of those when he gets ready for the draft. Yes, maybe he could rep it on yes. the carpet. I don't know if he would, but yeah, hey, shout out to it. Eric Gray, Kendra Miller, Trey yeah, Tucker. Kendra. Oh yeah, the hey, I, yeah, I can hand Kendra one at TCU's pro pro day. I can, I can hand them all one at, over there. Like, hey, come on, let's let's change the culture over here at, in, in Indy, but. Other than that, guys, oh yeah, that 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 is something we're working on. Some blue stable merch in in the prototype stage right now. Uh, shout out to my girlfriend who who is helping me on this as well. Uh, but other than that, next week is going to be my turn, followed by Marcus. The week after, we will be going live March second. All right, aiming for the same time. Going to be live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Tell your friends, tell everybody about this amazing series that we have. Landon was for sure fun. I might drive you guys crazy or shock you next week. And then Marcus, I I, I don't know where Marcus's head is at most of the time. And he's probably going to shock all of us uh, on, on March 8th. I believe that's when uh, his show is going to be going down. But other than that, guys... If y'all enjoyed this episode, please, please, we would really appreciate it. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, like us, wherever you're watching this, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, whatever those three platforms are, obviously on the graphic down below, you can find us, The Blue Stable, at all of these social medias right here, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, we're all there. So other than that, guys, Landon, Great job today. It was fun. I'm certainly looking forward to my guy Esteban from TCU coming up here. Uh, but as far as I know, that's a pipe dream as of right now. But thank you for helping that become some sort of a reality in my dream tonight. Marcus, we got some work to do and we have a tough act to follow up with. So other than that, guys, we'll see y'all later. Thank you for tuning in. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.